Shana Tova, everyone. So this summer, we spent a lot of times, as we tend to do in the summer, clearing out our kids' rooms of all the, the chazarai, the extra stuff that they don't need, and the things that they think are now too babyish. I find this to be one of the most bittersweet tasks of parenting. It's great, the sweetness of, of course, they're growing older and the joy of thinning out the clutter of their bedrooms, but it's really tempered by the sad nostalgia for the items I so associate with their being small. Giving away the picture books, that's the hardest. I can't disassociate the books from the moments snuggled in bed with them. The cadence of the familiar verses, the giggles at the silly jokes. And so it was that I spent many hours rereading every one of those picture books one last time before donating them to another family to enjoy. There's one children's author illustrator whom I just love, Oliver Jeffers. His books are filled with whimsy and sweetness. If you have read picture books to children in the past 10 or so years, odds are you've encountered his books such as How to Catch a Star and Lost and Found. And I was just tickled and laughing on the floor rereading his delightful book called Stuck. The story begins when a boy named Floyd got his kite stuck up in a tree. And the trouble really began when he threw a shoe up to knock the kite loose. And that got stuck too. He threw a bucket, an orangutan, a whale who happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that was only the start of things. Now, I don't know about you, but I find myself to be quite familiar with Floyd's tactics, sometimes literally throwing things to unstick an earlier mistake, but more often I am guilty of metaphorically chasing one bad idea with another, feeling more and more stuck with each action. Lucky for us, Rosh Hashanah is the day when we become unstuck. One of the best-known biblical stories of someone being stuck is that of Joseph. A quick recap. When Joseph's brothers act upon their jealousy, they capture him with the intent to kill him, to be rid of their brother forever. But rather than kill him, they strip him of his precious coat and throw him down in a deep, deep dark pit. Joseph lies at the bottom of the pit, now stripped of his privileged position, his father's protection, stripped of all that he knew or thought about himself. He was quite literally stuck with no way out. Now the Torah tells us almost nothing about the pit itself. Its only description is the habor rek en bo maim, the pit was empty, it had no water. It's an interesting description because it's kind of redundant. The text already says the pit is empty, 
Why did it specify that it had no water? Rashi reads an extra detail as a midrash to imply that even though there was no water, there were other things down there. Snakes and scorpions. Scary stuff. But just like the ancient rabbis like to fill in the blanks of stories with midrash, so do I. You see, I don't think there were snakes and scorpions in the pit. I think there was something much scarier. There were demons. And I don't mean the ghosts or the evil things, the creatures that fly around us. For me, those demons are the inner faults and feelings, the deeds of our past that haunt us, that lead us astray, that desensitize us and distract us from being the people that God knows we can be. The demons are what keep us stuck. For Joseph, those demons of arrogance, favoritism, the lack of empathy, were now right in front of him in that pit. We all have demons, don't we? The parts of us that sabotage our best intentions, that pull us this way or that way, despite the higher voice within. The demons that keep us from being the people we have the potential to be. We have demons of anger, of disappointment, embarrassment, distrust, of hurt and shame. The memories of what we did that we should not have done, and the burden what we should have done but didn't. In the pit, Joseph lets go of his demons and begins to reconstruct his identity. He turns crisis into opportunity. In the words of Dr. Rachel Naomi Remen, a personal crisis may just offer us the opportunity to live better, to find our true values, to rewrite our story. An amazing connection in this narrative of Joseph is that the word for pit, bor, is the same Hebrew word used for prison, the place where Joseph was sent by Potiphar many years later in Egypt. And the Talmud teaches that it was actually on Rosh Hashanah, on this very day, that Joseph was freed from prison. It was Rosh Hashanah that provided Joseph the opportunity to get out of that final pit, to stop being stuck. From Joseph's example, we learn that you don't have to remain forever in that pit. You need not be a slave to your painful past. You don't have to serve a life sentence locked in the person you choose not to be. Don't remain a victim of your demons, Joseph reminds us. Reframe, redefine, rebuild, forgive others, forgive yourself, choose life. You who are down can rise from that pit. You can be a better you. Rabbi Ed Feinstein, a wonderful rabbi and storyteller who will be our scholar in residence this November, tells a tale of two men so stuck in their way that they proved to be both physically and metaphorically unable to witness the amazing miracles that shaped us, the Jewish people. The story goes something like this. 
Among the many Israelites who left Egypt were two men, Shlomo and Booz. And as slaves for their entire lives, Shlomo and Booz had grown so accustomed to looking down that they could no longer lift their eyes. When Moses brought us across the Sea of Reeds, we all witnessed a great miracle. The sea parted, and we escaped from slavery. We came to know that God has a purpose in our history, but not Shlomo and Booz. Shlomo asked Booz, what do you see? I see mud, Booz responded. I see mud too. What's all of this about freedom? We had mud in Egypt, we've got mud here. They missed the miracle of their escape. The sea split before them, but they didn't even see it. They saw only mud. Some say that Shlomo and Booz are still wandering in the wilderness looking down at the desert sand and rocks and complaining to each other. Others say they went back to Egypt, back to Pharaoh, back to slavery, back to the place they knew best, the place they began. Still others say they've seen Shlomo and Booz, or perhaps their descendants, walking among us, living right here and now, wandering about with their eyes cast down, missing all the miracles that are taking place around us all the time. Shlomo and Booz looked down and saw only mud, never realizing they were stuck in it. We may disdain the heroes of this story, but we most certainly relate to them too. Change is hard. We know that. Living life, life as we always have stuck in the mud is so much easier. This time of year especially, we make a commitment to ourselves, to loved ones or to God to change our ways. But we must be honest. Motivation is not the issue. Follow through is. It takes us more than a momentary shift in perspective to look up from the mud. In 1981, a pamphlet was published by Narcotics Anonymous which included the following statement often falsely attributed to Albert Einstein, but the definition of insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. It happens all the time. Take a moment and think. Is there an area in your life where you've tried and tried to overcome a problem, but you can't seem to get past it? or the outcome continues to be the same. Same fight you keep having with your partner, the same tension that exists with your child or your parent, the same way you approach a difficult part of your job. We try the same things over and over, expecting to get different results, but we get stuck. In Hebrew, Egypt is called Mitzrayim which means a narrow place. A narrow place is where you are stuck and it seems all but impossible to get out. A narrow place is where you are closed in, your vision is limited, and you can't see the possibilities around you. But on Rosh Hashanah, today we begin the hard work of getting unstuck, of getting out of our narrow places. Our goal is to open ourselves to our potential to 
struggle and mature and continue to grow in wisdom. During these days of tshuva, these 10 days of awe, we each can work on broadening our vision to see ourselves clearly to move out of that narrow place. Tshuva, repentance, is the process that allows us to see a new path forward and to get out of that pit. Many of us will make resolutions this new year. If we are doing the work of the season, we know we can do better. We can be more loving and less judgmental. We can develop healthier habits. We can spend more of our time doing the things that matter to us. We can become more generous and less easy to anger. We know how we want to fill the days of this year, how to fill the clean pages in our book of life. And this moment today, Rosh Hashanah, the birthday of the world, the day Joseph was released from his final prison, is a good day to start. On Rosh Hashanah, the sound of the shofar should shake us out of our narrow places. It is an alarm that reminds us that now is the time, this day, this moment, when we need to make a change and we let go of the things from the past that are holding us back. We read yesterday morning that Abraham thought that sacrificing his son was the only way to fulfill God's command. But it turns out that God had another way in mind and showed him the ram tangled in the thicket. Our Midrash adds to the story by explaining that the ram was actually trying to pull itself free but kept getting tangled up in the bushes. And that is a metaphor for each of us, for the people who get stuck in our errors and mistakes year after year. Rabbi Yaffa Epstein teaches that it's not simply that the ram was caught in its horns by the thicket, but the ram was repeatedly getting itself stuck over and over. Every time it managed to free itself a bit, found its horns stuck in the next bit. And the horns of the ram were stuck because the ram was keeping its head down, entangling them again and again. The cry of the shofar, however, reminds us to lift our heads, to have faith in our potential to change. That was when Abraham saw the ram when its head was lifted and his eyes were too. With our heads raised, we will be able to see more clearly, to avoid those pitfalls that allow us to stay stuck. May it be a good year for all of us, and may we each find release from all of the ways we are stuck. Kenihiratson, may it be God's will. <laughs>